Welcome to Equip This Church, Denise. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live at our city campus. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Dream Sunday is, is all about when we follow. Uh, we start, where it starts is at the start of November, we all uh, commit to, one way or another, fasting into the life of the church for personal breakthrough, for corporate great, grapefruit. Who, who likes corporate grapefruit? Uh, corporate breakthrough. And uh, then at the end of that break, uh, that fast, we come to a place where we, we set our hearts and dreaming into next year. Who likes dreaming? Who is currently in a daydream? All right, the honest people in the middle, that's good. Um, and anyway, so this is how we get to Dream Sunday, that we, we bring all that and we bring our heart's desires, we bring our, our hope and what we're believing for into next year. Who's got big dreams for next year? I, I'm not going to look at anyone or anything, but I'm sure there's some big gr- dreams for next year. I, I pray that you've all got big dreams. And so we're here at Dream Sunday, and it's great. One of the things that we're connected to is Equippers Churches nationally, and we've got Pastor Sam who's, who's going to share for a few minutes, or about 20 minutes actually, um, and then I'm going to jump up afterwards and just, just to get the concept of, of big. Amen. And so, hey, uh, here we, we're going we're to go to the screens, and I'll be back after Pastor Sam. Here we go. What does big mean to you? It's a matter of perspective. Big can seem small. And small seem big. Is big good? Bad? Or in between? What is big to God? Is a big church actually big in comparison to the need? What does big love look like? What is big to you? Go big. Good morning, Equippers Churches. We're so glad you joined us for Dream Sunday. And wherever you tuned in from, we're glad you're in the house lifting up Jesus. And I know this is going to be a significant day in the life of the church. I know a lot of people are waiting on some announcement tomorrow on the 29th. But I want to say, whatever that announcement is, as a church, we're committed to providing options for everyone. We're going to do services with limited numbers. We're going to do services without limits. We're going to do services online, and we're going to do services in person. And I want to encourage you, this Tuesday we have team night, and your pastor will be outlining how we're going to progress forward. I pray you're praying for your pastor in this season. 
And we've got some incredible people leading churches up and down this nation, 23 locations in all. And uh, they're not always going to get it right. Who gets it right all the time? But one thing I want to say is we are doing our best in this season to keep the ministry strong, to keep that communicating the heart of God. And I believe this time is actually a time of expansion and enlargement. And so we want to talk about that a bit today. But my encouragement to everyone is, come on, let's just keep acting like followers of Jesus. Let's keep our focus set on Him and let's reach the people in our world because whatever the announcement is, then we'll see God move and God do extraordinary things. In fact, I believe we're living in an extraordinary season where God wants to surprise people. In this next season, God's gonna overwhelm people, I believe, with His goodness. Now, we're looking to the next year. The last two years, uh, stuff happened that nobody planned for, but we're looking forward to the future. And I believe it's so important we carry in our spirit a sense of what God wants to do in this next season. In fact, a, a promise, any promise you receive from God is so that you can position yourself today for what God has in your tomorrow. And everything we are living in as a church, you know, from the, the international influence, the impact we're having here and abroad has, has started. It's been seeded in the imagination of someone. Now, as a movement, we're not just about an individual. We want people's imaginations to come alive. We want people's imaginations to be anointed because it's only God who knows the future. And today, if we could allow the seed of God's Word to be deposited into our heart, I believe we could position ourselves now for what God has tomorrow. See, individuals who have watered that seed and allowed that seed to grow, you know, the result of that has had an impact now on tens of thousands of people. Who would have thought throughout the world that as a movement, a Quippers movement, would be impacting tens of thousands of people? And Equippers Church has always been about and will always be about the equipping and the empowerment of people to take the God deposit in their life, that incorruptible seed, and use that seed for, for kingdom expansion. Uh, one thing this pandemic has done is it's highlighted in many people's eyes the chaos the world's in. There's a lot of chaos out there. And once it was easy just to get on with everyday, ordinary activities, but people have woken up and they're saying, man, there's a lot of need out there. There's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of darkness. And, and in fact, you know, if you look around today, I pray that you're grieved, you're burdened by what you see. See, I believe when it comes to a God dream, a God dream is always discovered in the soil of a problem. A God dream is discovered in the soil of chaos. No problem equals no dream. No God dream at least. See, when we have a dream and a vision without a problem, without a burden, what that is, is that is just ambition. We're asking, we're trying to answer questions that nobody's asking. And I want to say, as a church, we should never be afraid of chaos and darkness. In fact, you and I as believers, we're called to engage the chaos. We're called to engage the darkness. 
Let's never create a selfish existence that removes ourselves from chaos. Right now, if your world's a little bit chaotic, you know, I want you to celebrate. You are a reason to be excited because God's called you to bring order to that chaos. God's called you to bring light to that dark situation. And let's never inoculate ourselves from the pain that's in our world. Pain and problems are the manure of vision. That's where vision grows. If you look at the Bible right now, David, he met a problem. That problem's name was Goliath. You might have a Goliath in your world, but you can be confident that God is on your side. If you look at Nehemiah, he was burdened by the disarray of his hometown. Now, again, a problem. The walls were broken down. If you look at Moses, Moses couldn't walk away from the injustice that was being done to his brother. He, he did something about it. Esther in the Bible chose not to take her position for granted and risked her life to save a whole nation. Here's the thing, no problem, no dream. Come on, right now, I want you to give God some praise for the problems in your world. Come on, let's give God some praise. We're not thanking God for the problems, but we're thanking Him in the problems because if we can get our attention on Him, He has answers to every problem. He wants to bring order out of chaos. He wants to shine His light into that dark space. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 54, and this is a key verse I want us to hold on to in the next season. Isaiah chapter 54, it says, Sing, O barren. Sing, O barren, a little bit of a strange instruction to tell a barren person to sing. You know, right there, you got two ends of the emotional spectrum. Nothing brings sorrow like being barren, being in a place of lack, being in a place of hardship. But here the instruction is sing, O barren. Spiritual barrenness is broken by the power of worship. In this next season, I feel we need to take our worship up a few notches. The fact of the matter is we're all worshiping. The question is what and who, more importantly, who. And when it comes to who we're worshiping, the King of all kings, we need to give our whole heart in worship. Sing, O Baron, sing, you, have a, you who have a problem. Sing in the chaos. See, our worship has the power to bring something new to birth. And in the season, I believe the challenge of the season is not to reduce or pull back or abdicate on our creational mandate to worship God. Now, the church needs to be in full voice. And the best way that we can be in full voice is in our worship and our declaration of who God is. A lot of people are using their full voice for other matters, but we need to give our full voice to God. You know, from singing and rejoicing, there comes breakthrough. And in 2022, we're saying, let's go big in 2022. Let's not shrink back. Let's not reduce. Let's not abdicate. But let's go big in 2022 because the instruction of the prophet after, where after the instruction to sing was, hey, I want you to clear lots of ground for your tents. I want you to make your tents large and I want you to spread out. I like how the message version points it. And think big. 
Use plenty of rope. Drive those tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room. For those people's worlds who are a little bit crammed right now, you're going to need some elbow room. You need to you know, create some space in your life. You're going to need elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations and you're going to resettle abandoned cities. Wow, isn't that an encouraging word? What are we going to do in 22? 2022, we're going to go big. In architecture, my brother's an architect, and there's this this design principle of compression and release. Compression and release. And the whole principle is often architects will take you through a small, narrow area, and then it will bring you into a bigger space. And it's like the space feels bigger because of what you've been through. You know, we've been through lockdowns where everything seemed compressed. But I feel like God is saying in the next season, He wants to take us into a big space. And we've got to prepare for that, that space. Compression and release. Some of us experience that with our clothing when we get home and we undo a few buttons. You know, things are being compressed and then there is a, a release. I want to say some of us have outgrown the clothes that we used to wear, and we need to get bigger clothes. In fact, this T-shirt is a little bit larger than the size I normally wear. It's because I'm preparing not just for natural growth. Come on, we're preparing for growth all around. Yes, small has a purpose. And over the last two years, we've had to shrink the size of, of gatherings. And small has a purpose. It brings strength. It brings clarity. And small brings agility. It's easier to turn a mini than it is an 18-wheeler truck. And as a church, we've got a whole lot of small groups, e-groups meeting. And the church still was a church in the season we were in. But in this next season, I believe there's an opportunity to go big. And anything, because anything that's healthy, even though it's small, doesn't remain small. Big today gets a lot of bad press, but but big isn't bad. In fact, I want to say big is on the heart of God. His desire is that none perish. How many know if our city, our community, our towns, if everybody came to Jesus, our churches would grow? They wouldn't be small churches. What would they be? They will be big churches. A lot of people today go, I don't like big church. If you don't like big church, here's the thing. You have a problem with the purpose of God. Big doesn't need to be impersonal. Big doesn't need to be just an audience watching an individual. If we can harness the strength that we've developed in the smaller, limited setting, and we can apply it, it means we can reach more people. You know, when it comes to a God dream, a God dream lives in the land of big. It lives in the land of increase, enlargement. Come on, some of us right now, we need to upsize our faith because we've let the limitations of the day come on top of us rather than letting the limitations of the day serve us. Uh, Let's not limit God to what we can do. Come on, we want to see the the supernatural, the impossible. And and I believe this is a season of breakthrough. And in 2022, we're saying, let's go big on mission. Uh, Let's not make small of the big thing, the big commission that God's given us to go into all the world. 
You know, we're going to be big on equipping. I love the fact that our college is at capacity. We're having to think up new ways to train an army of people to extend the kingdom of God. We're going to go big on community impact. Our heart week was phenomenal, but we don't want to just see heart week one week a year. We want to see that transpire, you know, where people are mobilized to, to, to share, to reach out to the world that they find themselves in on a daily basis. Come on, in 2022, we're saying we're going to go big on presence. If we aren't aware of his presence, we won't know whether he's leading us or not. And we want his leadership, his guidance. We're going to go big on evangelism. And just quickly today, before your leader comes, I want to give you three things that we need to focus on. Three big things to keep our focus on in 2022. Number one, let's focus. Did I say 2021? I mean 2022. Let's focus, number one, on that what hasn't changed. It's easy to focus on what we can't do and and all the change that's going on around the world. I want us as churches to focus on what hasn't changed and what we can do. Come on, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, He's our rock. He's unmovable. He's unshakable. This should give us a profound confidence as to how we live our lives. We're building on a rock so that when the storms come, that rock stays. It remains. If we're building on the sand, we have no confidence. And as a church, I want us to be confident in this next season. In fact, our confidence is in the Word of God. The grass withers, the flower fades, but God's Word stands forever. I like what the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 32. He says, I will run the course of your commands, for you enlarge my heart. Come on, we're going big. To go big, the first place you need to start is by increasing the capacity of your heart. And that comes as we center on the Word of God. In the 18th century, there was a a critic of Christianity. He was a philosopher, philosopher, Voltaire. And he made this bold prediction. He predicted that within 100 years, the Bible would be obsolete and out of circulation. Do you know, a hundred years later, after that prediction, the Bible was more popular than ever. And in fact, the house he lived in in Paris was converted into a Bible factory. How wrong was he? You know, many people say, oh, well, the church is irrelevant. No, the church isn't irrelevant. We're living in the best days of the church in Jesus' name. And when there's a tax on the Word of God, When people think it's outdated, we just need to remember that this ain't a new thing. And God's Word will stand forever. The grass withers, the flower fades, but God's Word stands forever. And when it comes to our mandate, our commission to go, that hasn't changed. No matter what's happening in our society, our call to evangelism and discipleship, that we can do that. We can outwork that. And I, I really believe many people say, well, let's just wait in, until things come down. But the words of Jesus found in John chapter 4, verse 35 are powerful. He says, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up. And I believe God's saying right now, wake up and look around. The fields are ripe for harvest. When are they ripe for harvest? They're ripe for harvest now. 
Don't say four months until things come down. No, right now. And we need to focus on that which is not changing. The second thing we need to focus on is the focus on people. It says, listen to, uh, from the message version again, Isaiah 54, clear lots of ground for your tents. I know that's going to happen at Summer Revolution. North Island, South Island, a whole lot of tents. But clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large, spread out, and think big. Why would we do that? Why would we create space? It's because of people. It's for the people who don't know Jesus. It's for those who are close to us but far from God. In 2022, we're going to focus on people, not possessions. A lot of people are focusing on possessions, focusing on accumulating and acquiring. Come on, let our mission be strong and let's go after people. In the kingdom, people are the highest value. We need to place value on what God places value on. And the third thing we need to focus on is we need to focus on expansion. I love the words found in Isaiah 54. It says, think big. Some of us right now, we're thinking too small. Come on, just think bigger. Think bigger. A God dream is all about increase, enlargement. Oh, I just got enough for myself. Well, your life isn't about yourself. It's about God's purpose. Think bigger. Prepare. Second thing, prepare. Make room. Make room. Create room. And let God fill the gaps. And my third encouragement is, come on, if we're to focus on expansion, is we, we need to grow younger. I've got an anti-aging strategy for you. This is a great anti-aging strategy. Great anti-aging strategy is always to serve another generation. I love the heart of Equipus Church. It's always been to set the platform for another generation, not the next generation, because we need generations working together. And we need to grow younger. And the best anti-aging strategy is not to look at your own need, but to serve another generation, to leave a legacy. Come on, let's be big people. Let's not be conditioned by the world around us that says look after number one self, but let's serve and release another generation so that they may praise God as well. The best way to stay relevant is to serve the next generation. Many of us lose our relevance because it becomes about us. I guarantee if you would serve the next generation, you'll never become irrelevant in their eyes. Yes, your hairstyle may go out of date. Yes, your clothes may, but you'll always be relevant because who doesn't want people serving them? And if we serve the next generation, I believe we'll, we'll position the church so it can reap in the harvest that God desires. Come on again, none perish but all come to everlasting life. 2022, we, we're, we're going big. It's like, come on, go big. Be positioned for mission. And I love the words that Isaiah, in Isaiah 54 that, that he talks about, the prophet talks about. He says in the message again, don't be afraid. Listen to this. Don't be afraid. You're not gonna be embarrassed. So go big, but don't be afraid. You're not gonna be embarrassed. Don't hold back, you're not gonna come up short. Don't be afraid, you're not gonna be embarrassed. Don't hold back, you're not gonna come up short. Go big. It says, you'll forget all the humiliations of your youth. You'll forget about them. 
Here's an equation I want you to remember. Mistakes plus time equals humor. You'll forget about those things or you'll laugh about them at least. But come on, let's keep reaching out. Let's not scale our dream back because of the disappointment of yesterday. Let's keep pressing forward and let's go big because we serve a big God. And I believe, how can you serve a big God and have a small dream? Come on, let God be God in your life. And as we do that, I believe we're going to see many more locations planted, many more people reached, and we're going to see His kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to know you're part of something that's bigger than yourself. Come on, let's together keep believing. Let's keep stretching out. Let's keep on increasing or making room for God to move. I know as we do that, He's going to fill every gap. He's going to meet every need, and He's going to come good on His promise. So today is going to be a significant day. Let's go big in Jesus' name. Amen. Love to see you sometime soon. It's good. Who's dreaming big? It's good. I pray you've all got big dreams. Thank you, Ryan. You know, a few years back, probably about three, four years back, Isaiah 54 was a dream of ours. And we've seen enlargement and we've seen turnover. And, you know, even prophetically in the life of this church, the, uh, the, over the 77, 78 years now that has been uh, planted by God and God's been using this church. You know, it's been a, a seed pod church that would see many, many people come into the life of the church and, and go through. I would, ha- I would not hate to think, I'd, I'd love to think about how many people have actually been part of the life of the church and served here in Dunedin and been equipped through, through life, through, through the universities. There must be, I reckon there'd be close to over 10,000 people maybe even more, gone out around New Zealand, what enlarging the place of their tent, enlarging the place of their thinking. And I'm really believing that God's going to enlarge your thinking this morning. Not to just not to just think about what we you can do as an individual, but what we can do as a corporate body of people. You know, many, many, I want to I share a couple of thoughts this morning as well around, around dreams. Everyone knows that, and you've already all probably heard about the, uh, the sayings, you know, dreams are free. Anyone heard, uh, yeah, dreams are free, or in your dreams, and it, who's guilty of even saying that or, or sharing that with someone, someone shared your dream, and then someone just goes, oh, in your dreams, or something like that, like you feel like you've been put down because it's, the dream is just too big. But I pray this morning that we can, we can have big dreams, you know, um, the thing is, we need to have big dreams. But, but when we talk about big dreams, we think about, well, how do we get to that dream? How do we get to that place where we'll see what's, hap- what's happen- happening? See, in, in, in the Bible, there was many dreams. Joseph had a dream. He shared it with his brothers. Didn't turn out too good. Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. Daniel had dreams. Many dreams. Jesus had dreams. But our dreams are important, and I want to pray. I pray this morning that you've got big dreams that you can share with one another. The thing, the thing about dreams, though, is they can be a reality. They they can happen. 
but how does that, how do you take a, a big dream and make it a, a small dream? And that's what I just want to share a few thoughts on this morning. See, I, I really believe it's about scale. We've got to learn, Pastor Sam even talked about the scale of things. See, there's a scale between Ashwin and Manasseh. So if you know them personally, there's a scale between them. One is large, one is smaller. Uh, you know, there's a scale. There's, there's different scales in life. There's a scale between how, far, how much God loves us. Did you know there's a scale? It's as, far, it's, 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 as wide as how deep and has high. There's a scale there. There's a scale. Um, you know, and how far has he separated our sin from us? There's a scale. It's as far as the east is from the west. That's the scale. Has anyone ever tried to measure the distance between east and west? It's a hu- like you can't measure it. You just, if you keep going east, well, hopefully that's east. If you keep going east, you... you I don't know where you're going to stop. If, to then turning around and going west, there's a scale. It's, it's huge. See, when, when it comes to God, there's, there's a minute versus eternity. There's a scale. And, and this morning, if there's a scale when it comes to dreams. You know, Pastor Sam was talking about enlarging the place of our tent, going further, going bigger than we can ever be. Dreams are free. In, in Hebrews chapter 11, we, we hear the stories of the, of the, of the people of faith. Yeah. They're amazing, but it really gets slightly depressing at the end of Hebrews chapter 11. Because it says here, And all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. I don't know about you, but that's slightly depressing. But what it does mean is that actually it's not depressing. It's actually exciting because they had faith that was big. They had faith that they had to stretch for. They had faith that would even go past them onto the next generations. Pastor Sam talked about one of the best things we can do is serve another generation. I thank the Lord that we've got people in this room that have got faith that, that their dreams, are, they're not going to see them, but the generations are going to see them. See, as, as a church, we've got to learn, continue how to, big, how to have big dreams, but how do you reach those big dreams? I, I, wanna, I, I was just thinking about it, and, you know, big dreams are reached by small acts of faith every day. If you want to learn how to see the big dream in your life outwork itself, well, you take a small act of faith every day, and you'll get there. If you want to lose weight, eat a little less food every day, and you'll get there. None of you guys remember anything else about this message apart from that. If you want to put on weight, at large, anyway, we're going off track. See, it's it's all about scale. I pray there's a bigness in, in, in your heart, a bigness in your spirit, but then learning how to scale it back. I want to I want to take you on a small journey this morning and, and just share about how, how do we how do we learn how to take a, a, a take big dream big dreams are reached by small acts of faith every day. How do we how do we step out in acts of faith every day? Because that's how big dreams are going to outwork themselves. We can dream, we can dream. I heard people say, I'd love it if I one day I want to buy someone a, buy someone a house. I'm like, cool, when was the last time you bought them a cup of coffee? 
Because if you can't buy someone a cup of coffee, you'll never give them a house. Amen. And so, so we've got to learn how to take bigness and scale it down to every single day and, and now every single day. And there's this, there's this passage of Scripture. And I want to read it out of, out of um, Acts, Acts chapter 4, verses 9 through 13. And, and there's this discussion going on. I'll read this and then we'll come back to it. Are we being questioned today because we have done a, a good deed? So this is Peter and John uh, in, in the council, before the council. Uh, because we've done a good deed for a crippled man. Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state it to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. They also recognized that them as men who had been with Jesus. I find great comfort in this passage. I don't, find, I don't know about you, but I love it where it says they were just ordinary men. I love it that Jesus just takes ordinary people, men and women, ordinary people. Who likes to be ordinary? There's a few like, people unsure how to answer that. Yes, we're extraordinary in God and all that for all the spiritual people. But hey, we're all ordinary. We're all made in God's image. We're all that. But he just takes a person, Peter. Takes a person here to a point where he's standing in boldness before the Pharisee, before the council, in a, in a moment where what's going on here. And so we're in this amazing moment of passion. And it, look what he declares. He just declares he was healed by the name of Jesus Christ. When was the last time you shared that exact line with someone? Outside of church. He was healed by the name of Jesus Christ. There's more boldness here. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. That's, that's bold. When was the last time we shared our salvation or our Christianity with someone outside of church? There's boldness happening here. There's, there's a bigness happening here. There's something big happening and coming out of Peter. 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 And even then, the members of the council were amazed, people that they used to be fearful of. They were, were amazed at the boldness of Peter and John. They could see that they were ordinary people with no extraordinary training in the Scriptures. See, how does that happen? How, how did they get to that place of, of bigness in their spirit? Well, it goes back, if you want to see big dreams, you've got to take a step of faith every day. And if we can rewind, maybe, and, and you might, this, this could be hypothetical, but I really believe this is the story. If you listen, look at the story of Peter, we can rewind through Peter and, and we go back a chapter there, and there's, there's the, the, um, the, the day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit comes, and we read out of Acts chapter 
Uh, 2 verse 17, in the last day, God says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. There's so much good stuff. There's a prophetic declaration there that has happened. And Peter and John, filled with the Holy Spirit, are in this place of boldness. But rewind just a little bit more what, what, what was happening. They were actually just out for a daily walk going to the temple. In the normal time of prayer, if you read it in Acts chapter 3, they were just walking along and a beggar who had been sitting there for all his life his, was asking for silver and gold. And we rewind and we see that Peter just took a, an ordinary day but took a step of faith and he reached out to the beggar and he said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And he reached down and he picked up the beggar and he, and he lifted him up. And the beggar went for a run through the temple and amazed everyone. Yeah. There was an ordinary person with a great God and a great spirit and then doing an ordinary daily step of faith. Let's rewind just a little bit more as we, we're going to finish up. Musicians can come up on stage. Let's rewind a little bit more. We've got that whole, 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 whole moment where Peter denies Jesus and Jesus has had breakfast with him on the beach and stuff goes on in our life where we mess up and where we feel like we haven't got it all together. But then Jesus ultimately always has arms open. He calls him out of the boat. He says, hey, come and have breakfast with me. And he comes and have breakfast and we get this whole phrase and that whole moment where he talks to Peter and he says, do you love me? And three times he says, yes, I love you. And three times he says, feed my sheep. There's that reconciliation. Some would say it would be three times because of the three times Peter denied Jesus. Here's the thing is Jesus will always meet you where you're at. You don't have to be perfect to uphold a principle of God. And this morning, there's, there's moments where the devil will try and say, you're not perfect. But you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be repentant and open to the love of Christ. But let's rewind just a little bit more. Where did, where did this boldness come from? Where did this moment come from? In Matthew chapter 14, just straight after the feeding of the five. 5,000, which was just straight after Jesus finding out about John the Baptist being, being killed. Jesus, the moment we know, well, what do we have? They're saying, send people away. And he says, well, what do we have? Well, there's a boy here with five loaves and two fish. And we see this amazing miracle happen. Just took an ordinary act of someone giving. And, and, and there was this miracle they gave to God and there was this miracle and 5,000 men it says and people would say it would be over 15,000 including the rest of the family but straight after that the disciples are in the boat and they had to cross to the other side and Peter uh, so Jesus stays behind and he comes to them a little bit later and this is the moment where there's the wind and the waves and well, there's two moments, but in this moment, the wind and the waves were all over the show and the boat was up and down. And The disciples were fearful, but they saw Jesus coming, walking on the water. And 
They were terrified and some say it was a ghost, but then Peter yells out, he says, Jesus, if it's Lord, ask me to come. Jesus, if it's you, ask me to come. How do you take a big dream? Jesus, if it's you, ask me to come. You want to scale something in life? Jesus, if it's you, ask me to come. Jesus says, Peter, it's me, come. This is where we get the moment where Peter stepped out on the water. Many of you will know this, you've already read it. But he stepped out on a faith. He stepped out on a moment. He stepped out on him trusting in Jesus. And we know that he stepped out and Peter walked a couple of steps and started to think, sink. Well, that's why he sunk, was because he started to think. But we see that Jesus reaches out and grabs him and, and lifts him up. See, I love the fact that Jesus is always close enough. Many times in life where you're taking a step of faith and you think you're all alone. No, you're not. If you want to enlarge the place of your tent, guess who's setting up camp with you? I love camping. I love setting up the campsite. And I love it that my boys are really enthusiastic about it. I'm prophesying into the future. But whenever we step out in faith, you're stepping closer to Jesus, not further away. We read that Peter stepped out of the boat and started to sink and that's where Jesus reached down see I, I've shared this many times with people but it, it just sticks with me when, when Peter and John were walking past the beggar at the temple Peter says silver and gold I do not have but what I do have in the name of Jesus and it says in the Bible this is why it stuck with me it came alive to me where it highlighted that Peter reached down and lifted the beggar up. See, our dreams can be fulfilled by ordinary acts of faith every single day. Where did Peter learn how to reach out? Peter learned how to reach out because he learned it straight from Jesus. Well, what would Jesus do? Well, Jesus reached out to the person who needed lifting up. Peter needed lifting up. We've all needed lifting up in our lives. There's been moments where we've been down and Jesus has reached us down and lifted us up. This is how we take an ordinary step of faith every single day. And we'll see Dunedin reach for Jesus. We'll see our family reach for Jesus. Because you take the things that God has done in your world and the testimonies of, your, of what He's done in your world and you apply them into the people that are around you. I'm amazed at the coincidences the coincidences of, of oh, oh man, you've gone through that as well? Let me tell you how I got through it. And we learn how to reach down. See, it all comes to coming back to the cornerstone of faith in Jesus Christ. Come on, why don't we stand? I'm just going to pray. As a church, we want to grow, go big. 
To go big, I really believe, comes from doing ordinary life and stepping out in faith every single day. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.